No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the two lovers in Solomon's Song of Songs finally celebrate their wedding night, enjoying their beautiful and secret garden. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Song of Solomon chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. We come today to the wedding night of these two lovers in the Song of Solomon, who we like to think of as Abishag and Solomon, although the verdict is out on that assumption. What a wonderful night it is for the couple who has remained sexually pure until their wedding day. Long anticipation, the beauty of the wedding ceremony, the joy and approval of family and friends, and finally, for the first time, you are one. Everything is permissible. God created this. He brought Eve to Adam, and Adam said, this is it. Or perhaps we could translate that, ooh la la. She is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And he took her as his wife. All was designed by God. All beautiful and pleasurable and exciting in the marriage covenant. Now, Solomon and Abishag have had the marriage ceremony. He has taken her back to his palace in his perfumed and luxurious carriage. It is the time for them to come together intimately as one flesh, as husband and wife. Now, most of the Song of Solomon is the woman speaking, but on this night, the man does most of the talking. This demonstrates that the man is taking the lead in their intimacy. Parental guidance is strongly suggested. He begins by telling her how beautiful she is. This is what every bride wants to hear, especially from her husband. In a very romantic way, he describes the beauty of each part of her. He is enraptured with her loveliness. He begins by complimenting her on her outer and visible parts and gradually moves to her private parts. Chapter 4. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Each has its twin. Not one of them is alone. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David. Built with elegance, on it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. Your two breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. So he begins with her eyes. She is still wearing her veil, yet behind this he sees her eyes. And as he gazes into them, he likens them to two doves. Now the dove is a symbol of innocence who mates for life. So he sees loyalty in her eyes. She has eyes for no one else. Then he speaks of her hair. Now we have trouble understanding the reference to hair like a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead. But I like what David Hawking says. When you stand on the western side of the Jordan River and look eastward, especially at sundown, you often see herdsmen bringing their flock down from the high plateaus of Gilead to their dwelling places in the fertile valley below. 
Watching those flocks descend the hills with the sun behind you and reflecting off the herds is a beautiful sight, almost hypnotic. Solomon sees Abishag's long flowing hair shining in the sunlight and it reminds him of this scene. She would understand since she is a country girl and a shepherdess. Next, he speaks of her teeth. Her teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn coming up from the washing. They would appear pinkish white with the water dripping off their wool. Likewise, her teeth glisten with the moisture behind her lips. Each one has its twin, which is correct for teeth do come in pairs. She has them all, meaning that none of her teeth have fallen out. Next, he focuses on her lips. They are like a scarlet ribbon and her mouth is lovely. Was she wearing red lipstick? Possibly. Solomon is also taken with the beautiful shape of her mouth. Then he speaks of her temples behind her veil, which is likely a reference to her cheeks. He compares them to the pinkish skin of a pomegranate. He is describing rosy cheeks, either blushing from modesty or revealing the desire she has for him. Then he speaks of her neck, her neck is like the Tower of David. This was a special tower that was a military fortress upon which people depended for security. So her neck combined elegance with strength. She was no pushover. She had strength of character. And Solomon finds this attractive. Finally, he speaks of her breasts. They are like twin fawns of a gazelle. There is no denying that a man is deeply attracted to his wife's breasts. The picture here is of two young and playful animals. They are soft and graceful, and Solomon longs to touch them. Verse 6, Until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. All beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. He wants to enjoy his bride all night long. They have waited for this moment, and now he wants to savor it. His desire is for her alone. Going to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of incense describes his desire for the pleasure of their lovemaking. She is perfect in his sight in every way, and he tells her so. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Descend from the crest of Amana, from the top of Sinir, the summit of Hermon, from the lion's dens, and the mountain haunts of the leopards. Now, this doesn't mean that she is literally in these places, but being from the country, she would relate to the pastoral settings and the picturesque language. Perhaps it reminds her of romantic walks that they've taken together in the country during their courtship. But now they have come from these places into their bedroom. You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. She has captured his heart with the glance of her eyes. He is smitten. He is hypnotized by the glistening jewel in her necklace. How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any spice. Nothing compares to her love. It is more intoxicating than any wine. And the fragrance of her perfume is more pleasing than any rare spice could be. It is, in fact, her lovely scent that he has fallen for. Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb. 
My bride, milk and honey are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like that of Lebanon. Now, she began the Song of Solomon by saying, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. And now he is giving her what she first wanted. And her kisses are to him as the sweetness of the honeycomb. She has perfumed her garments, and they remind him of the fragrant scents in the country of Lebanon. Now Solomon moves to their sexual love. You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with choice fruits, with henna and nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with every kind of incense tree, with myrrh and aloes and all the finest spices. You are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down from Lebanon. Now, he describes her as a garden locked up. She has many fruits and fragrances in her garden, but these she has kept locked up until this night. She is a virgin, and she has kept out everyone else from her garden, but now she opens the door for her husband. She is also a refreshing mountain spring that has been enclosed and protected from anything impure. Now he refreshes himself with her pure waters. Finally, she is a sealed fountain. Her fountain was sealed until this night. Now he has opened her so that her fountain may flow and the two enjoy their lovemaking together. Let's face it, this is describing erotic lovemaking in the way that God has blessed and sanctified it between husband and wife in their marriage bed. Now she responds, Awake, north wind, and come, south wind, blow on my garden, that its fragrance may spread abroad. Let my lover come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. She also desires her husband and wants him to come into her garden. She has kept herself for him, and now she willingly gives herself to him. She knows that she can bring him pleasure, and she delights to do this because of her overwhelming love for him. He has wooed her with his words and affection and won her heart. He has taken time to give her the love that she needs and prepared her mind for their love making. Now she willingly gives him all that he wants. Their sexual desires are mutual, which is how God designed it to be. This is not only for procreation, but also for intimacy. They are one flesh and they belong to each other in body, mind, and spirit. Their connection is physical emotional, and spiritual. Each takes pleasure in giving and receiving. This is their secret garden of Eden. There are fruits and fragrances for each to enjoy again and again. Now he speaks. I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. Each is mutually satisfied, and this is how it should be. Eat, O friends, and drink. Drink your fill, O lovers. Now, who is saying this? Some think the maidens, known as the daughters of Jerusalem. Others think that they are the friends from the wedding. But some see this as God speaking. After all, God designed it all. He created us to long for each other and to experience pleasure in each other's bodies. And all of this is beautiful and holy in the marriage bed. He says, eat and drink your fill, O lovers. 
where a husband and wife are loving each other and genuinely caring for both the desires and disagreements of each other, there are no limits to the pleasure they may enjoy. I would like to close with these words from David Hawking in his commentary on the Song of Solomon, entitled Romantic Lovers. What a beautiful relationship has been pictured in these verses. Husband and wife mutually giving to each other their respective desires and passion. No restraint, no reluctance, no inhibitions, no fears, no selfishness. There is romantic love from God's point of view. I would like to just close in prayer, and especially for those couples that may need a rekindling of the love of their relationship. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that you have given to us your design, your understanding, your will for the marriage bed. And I would pray, Father, that you would forgive us where we have looked to this world for its answers rather than to your word for your design and purpose for the marriage relationship. I would pray, Lord, for couples that may be listening to this, that you would rekindle their hearts, rekindle the flame of their love for one another. And Lord, where there has been sexual sin, We pray, Father, for your cleansing, that you would wash and sanctify and create all things new once again. Father, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. And may you bring forth the love in our marriages just the way you intended to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where he comes home late one night, but she won't open up. At last, he arouses her, but when she arises, he's gone. It's a picture of marriage after the honeymoon. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Song of Solomon on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible